This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 128 Diablo is Love, Diablo is Life. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstone2016. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawnforge pouch, this is episode 128 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Thursday, October 27th, and I am your returning host, Nevik. And that's all you got this week. <laughs> so how is everybody? Did you miss me? Um, I guess I should probably go in and, and uh, explain where I've been, what I've been doing. Well, at least briefly, I should explain it. And uh, as some of you may be aware, especially if you follow me on Twitter, um, I have a... Well, it's diagnosed as a nerve disease, but the cause is unknown, so the only treatment is the symptoms. So at this point, um, no idea if I'll ever get better. Who knows? Probably not. But over the past two years, um, I was diagnosed with this back in uh, the end of June 2014, like the last day of June, first day of July, and... um, It's gotten progressively worse over the past two years. So I kind of hit a dark point in my life. And, you know, I'm sure you've all heard this before, but um, depression is very, very devastating. And um, I don't know how much I want to share, but I will just say this. Everything's still good, mostly, in my life other than the uh, nerve disease. Um, But I'm still married, still have kids. Obviously, I mean that's not going to change well marriage part almost did but that didn't happen um but uh one of the main reasons why i had i felt compelled to step away from the show was um my wife and i you know dealing with this season it's been rough on us in our marriage and we started going to counseling and as you might expect you know gaming is really frowned upon because it's seen as um well, I mean, obviously, it's an addictive thing. You, you can become quite addicted. And I do have that kind of addictive personality where I will just throw myself into something and kind of lose myself. So, essentially, I was basically told by multiple counselors over over the past couple of years um, that, you know, you, you should stop gaming. You know, it's not good for you. You're, you're not present for your kids. And 
you know it's like meanwhile it's like it's it's always something that you feel ashamed of you know like especially coming from a counselor uh therapist you know family marriage family therapist and uh yeah it just it it sucked the life out of me and i just i lost interest in pretty much everything i mean diablo i stopped playing pretty much everything else i mean i I would still play every now and then but every single time i'd feel super guilty about it and then uh i think maybe about eight six seven months ago i got fed up with it and i was like you know what no this is not right you know i i shouldn't be shamed of gaming actually it might have been a little more recent than that but um yeah so that's kind of what happened and i was in at at that point when i reached that point where it's like no 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 gaming's good you know it brought i mean my daughter enjoys it we game i'll talk games you know a lot of friends obviously are online you know from gaming you know gaming brings people together and I, i wanted to come back sooner but this nerve disease is really, really rough. I'm on a lot of medication and there are, there are just days where I I just, I can't do it. You know, like the most productive thing that I might be able to do is, you know, some basic housework around the house. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been so frustrating because, oh gosh, what was it? Last week, I finally got the bug to run an ethernet cable from my router over out to the living room where my ps4 is so that i could play destiny more frequently and i'm, I'm sorry i'm going off on a se- severe tangent right now but um if you're a fan of the show and you've stuck with it i'm sure you don't mind and you're actually you're expecting this but anyways so i ran an ethernet cable and oh my goodness i was in so much pain after that <laughs> it's so dumb it is really really dumb but like I said, I, I was in a very dark, deep place, and you, you know, thoughts of suicide always come up when when you're. I, I mean, I've had suicidal thoughts before, and it's just it's very difficult. It's it, I honestly the only thing that was keeping me going was if I if I had done it, I I, I knew how it would have affected my kids, and I, that's just something that I never never want to put on them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much the only thing that kept me going. That and, you know, possibly, you know, Diablo 4 in the future. Or, you know, maybe at BlizzCon because of that deep... Oh, and David Brevik. Oh, and... Uh, oh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Oh, God, the guy who went to... Bill Roper. Yeah, there we go. Who um, uh, made Hellgate London uh, over at Flagship Studios. And that, I played it. A lot of people liked it. But, yeah, it yeah it wasn't that great but anyways i like i said i'm i've gone off on a long enough tangent and uh but i wanted to the main reason that i've I've gone into this is because i know that there are other people out there kind of in similar situations as i am in um possibly not with nerve disease but you know other things like they feel like their life is falling out of out of like everything's falling apart you know you're spiraling out of control and you, you start, I mean, and if depression grabs you, it grabs you hard. And it's like, it's, oh man, it's really difficult. And I've, I've, I've seen on um, social media, like uh, the comparison, you know, like 
we, we treat, you know, physical maladies, like, you know, you, you get, um, like bronchitis, you know, and nobody says, oh man, you know, it's just all in your lungs, right? And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people, there, there's a stigma on depression and other, you know, mental health issues, and we need to treat them more seriously, you know, just like somebody who has pneumonia or, or bronchitis, you know, it is a physical chemical thing in your head that is not right and um uh, i'm trying to get off of the antidepressants that i was put on mainly because oh my goodness it sucks uh, <laughs> if i had known that you couldn't just cold turkey off of it and that you had to slowly taper off of it and i'm talking i've been tapering for months and uh it's it's terrible but anyways if i had known that i would have just not done antidepressants but you know maybe it works for you maybe you know maybe it does work for you but anyways what i'm saying is or what i'm trying to get to is if you're in a dark place don't shame yourself into not seeking help that i mean it it can just be a small thing and my my wife she's a um, she's becoming a therapist. Uh, she got her uh, bachelor's and everything, and she's and her master's. And uh, she's thinking about possibly doing a PhD later down the line. You know, going, getting a doctorate and everything. But it just start with something small. You know, like e even if it seems like the most stupidest thing ever. You know, like um, say you're you're really good at Diablo. You know, think think about that. Say you know what, I'm really good at this game. And that that's all you need, you know, just start there, you know, and just try to cling on to something positive and don't allow yourself to fall down deeper. If you do fall, you know, hopefully you have good supportive people around you that understand that depression isn't something that you can just snap out of. You know, it's it, it's a chemical problem in your brain. And the sooner that that becomes more aware, the you know, like the better people will be able to kind of deal with it. Well, anyways, so yeah, not to say I'm not completely out of the weeds with the depression, but you know, that's, it's always been like that with me, but gaming. So what have I been doing other than, you know, losing my interest in a lot of different things? I played the heck out of, <laughs> I got on this, um, Dark Souls craze, and I know this is, I'm kind of moving the other entertainment back up, but, you know, that I'm doing a solo show, so I'm, I'm going to just run, I mean, this was, this was, it still is my show, so I can still do whatever I want. Um, I, I've, I was watching a streamer on Twitch uh, by the name of the Classified Cast, and if he ever listens to this, which I doubt he will, it's like, hey, how's it going? His thing is like he's uh, he has a voice modulator and he uses a um, visual coder to like obscure his face and stuff. Like it's really cool. But anyways, um, so he started playing. Um, I, I can't even remember how I. Oh, I remember how it was Mario Maker. Everything everything on Twitch. For some reason, for me, like I just branch out from Mario Maker, still, still occasionally making stages, but um, that's neither here nor there. And so he was playing it, and like his gimmick was really cool. So I started following him, and he started playing um, uh, Salt and Sanctuary, 
and that was my gateway game. <laughs> that was my gateway game. I really enjoyed it. It was, um, you know, kind of like the Metroidvania style kind of gameplay with Dark Souls mixed in. And, oh, I just, I fell in love with that formula. And I gained the confidence, and I went out and I bought Dark Souls 2 for my PS4. And at first it was rough. I mean, really, really, really rough. <laughs> but I got past it, beat beat the main game. I still, shame on me, I still haven't finished all of the DLC in Dark Souls 2. I'll, I'll get back to that eventually. Um, then I played, I think I picked up Bloodborne at that point, And I played and finished that. Um, at that point, I didn't have the DLC, the Old Hunters. That came later. Then I played uh, Dark Souls 1, Prepare to Die Edition on PC. And again, rough start, but I got the hang of it, loved it. And uh, then I picked up, I think at one point I rented Dark Souls 3, and I, oh my goodness, I sucked so bad. I couldn't even get past the first quote-unquote true boss, not not the tutorial boss, essentially. Um and but I beat Dark Souls 3. I have the DLC. I haven't played it yet, but I'll get to that eventually. And uh, like I've played everything in New Game Plus all the way up to the final boss and Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3. And uh, yeah, I, I've just oh my goodness, I, lo I love that game series to death now. So, anyways, um, so that happened. Then uh, I think. I was kind of like bouncing between Heroes of the Storm, which has been a constant. It's like my my go-to game for just relaxing because um, I just play against AI with other people, and it's it's you know it's just a chill game for me. So I did been bouncing always. That's always been on the thing. Started playing Destiny again, and um, I bought Rise of Iron. Uh, my highest um, I think is just light level. 364 but you know i i don't have time for the raid or whatever so it, it, it but i i enjoy destiny it's a fun game bungie has that formula down in terms of uh, gunplay just feels perfect and when season seven started because obviously you know i departed the show and i believe season six ended i don't remember where i ended up in that but season seven I, I started really strong in Season 7, and I was like, yes! Yes, Diablo, it's so great to be player again, to be playing Diablo again. And I went with a monk, because, you know, monks, master class. And uh, I got all the way up till the point that I needed to complete Slayer. But um, I got to the point where I completed all the chapters, and I was trying to complete Slayer. And, oh my goodness, incoming rant, I hate set dungeons. Blizzard, Team 3, please, please, for the love of Sanctuary, remove set dungeons from the seasonal journey. Just please. Or at least it, it uh, move, move the set dungeon mastery to, I don't know, Guardian? <laughs> you know, get, get it out of the way for getting the stash tab. Anyways... All of the monk set dungeons I hate. I really, really, really hate the monk set dungeons. Um, I believe I completed... Did I complete a single one of them? Even in non-season? I think I completed the Ulianas at one point. And possibly the Raiment of the Thousand Storms? 
maybe i don't know but um inas no and uh sunwuko no i haven't done those set dungeons but oh my goodness i am i am so sick of set dungeons <laughs> funny part is uh well i'll get to it in in a minute so i finished season six at paragon 615 and the highest that I did was a greater of 64. No, nothing spectacular. I was playing mostly as Uliana's um, with the, you know, Exploding Paul Monk. And I, I was just, I was trying to do the generator build, but I just, I wasn't getting the drops. You know, I, I had four of one Shenlongs, but I needed the other one, you know? There's, and I finally got them, but they weren't ancient. And it was just, I was like, ah. You know, so started off strong season seven, and then just I, I hit that set dungeon wall, and then I was like, Pew, "See ya, goodbye." So then, um, so yeah, I the I this is kind of jumping ahead, but uh, the only stash tab that I got was from the first season that it was available when I actually completed Destroyer, and I was working on. Uh, destroyer is that the last Wh whatever the one right before guardian is i can't remember off the top of my head and that was the only one that i've done <laughs> and it's like this season would be you know you get that 10th tab and it's like yep that's not but uh i'm way more confident that i will get it this season i hope i think so anyways season seven ended we only had a week um I did a little bit of uh, rainbow goblin farming. Oh yeah, that's I should mention that um, in between season five and six, when we had that two-week period, uh, I was watching another streamer, and she was uh, rainbow goblin farming for those cosmic wings. And so that's I got inspired to do that. And oh gosh, that has got to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh man, it's you. You have to get a rainbow goblin you know, rare spawn up just to begin with. And then you go into Whimsydale and then you have to hope that, uh, what is it? Princess Lillian spawns in Whimsydale. Like she won't be in Whimsy Shard, only Whimsydale. So it has to be a rainbow goblin. So she's a super low spawn. And I mean, super low. <laughs> and then as if that wasn't enough, it's also a low drop rate. <laughs> so yay. At least I think it's a low drop rate. It may not be. Actually, it might be a guarantee. But um, I still haven't found Princess Lillian. So who knows? Um, so anyways, yeah, that's what I did in between Season 5 and 6. Um, season 8. Uh, I decided a couple days before the beginning of the season that I was going to open it up. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to play a Barb or a Crusader. I knew I wanted to go strength this time because I've been playing dex classes and I really, really don't like the Veers set for wizards. I I really hate what they did with the Archon. I liked it. I liked the Archon build better when you could double stack the buff, but they changed it so much and I just, I don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> so um, I knew I was going to go crusader or barb but i also you know felt like well you know what maybe i should open it up to also including a wizard so i opened up a straw poll asking everyone out there what i should play and i gave every i gave three options and all of them are hardcore of course because there's no other way to play the game at least in my opinion um i'm kidding i'm kidding you know just that hardcore elitist coming off 
Um, so I was going to do a hardcore barbarian, and I was if I if he was the winner, I was going to name him Drumpf. Um, I was going to the other option was a hardcore wizard named Hillary, or the third one was a hardcore crusader named Bernie. And Bernie won by a landslide. Out of the ten votes, he got six. And Drump and Hillary got two each. So I was like, yes! I finally get to play a Crusader, I guess. You know? It, it's always been something that I've been meaning to get to. You know, I've always been meaning to spend more time on the Crusader. So I was kind of really happy that we ended up um, going with that option this season. And the Seeker of the Light set. Oh my goodness. I, I guess I should... I started off Season 8 and I I hit level 70 the Saturday after. It took me five and a half, six and a half, some something like that, hours to hit 70. I was just playing solo and I was in no rush, so I wasn't too bothered by the fact that it took me so incredibly long. Now, mind you, you know, I've done this numerous, numerous times and I could go for that really quick leveling you know get a group just just pound it out but that's just that's not who i am so anyways it took me you know five and a half six and a half hours to hit 70 and i believe by the end of saturday i had completed chapters one and two and i think three so i was running four piece seeker at that point and then the and then this past Sunday, obviously, you know, the Sunday after the start of the season, um, I completed Chapter 4 and started running Six Piece. And oh my goodness, what a... It increases your Blessed Hammer damage, Six Piece, by 1,250%. And your Falling Sword by 500%. Oh boy, wee! But um, the one... Seeker set is really, really weird. I wish it had better damage mitigation baked in, and that it wasn't tied to Falling Sword, but, you know, it's... We don't want to homogenize everything so that everybody, every single class, every single set, plays in mostly a similar way. So I, I appreciate the fact that it is different, and that the Crusader doesn't really have, you know, those bracers out there that take one skill and bacon 50% damage reduction right off the bat right there. So I was like, oh man, this build is so squishy. And I mean, I felt super squishy even at like Torment 5 at this point. But my gear wasn't super awesome at this point. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have tons of gems. Um, like I didn't have all Flawless Royal diamonds and everything like that in my gear. But over, over the past couple days... I've been playing a lot. <laughs> uh, probably not as much as um, as Leviathan used to. Um, him and I have been joking on Twitter about how casual we're taking this season. And um, I think I'm taking it more of the hardcore casual side. And Leviathan's just super casual, super chill about it. And oh my goodness. He has a lot of knowledge about Crusaders. <laughs> and at one point... I, I think I had cleared a greater of 43, and him and uh, uh, Tim from the Cool Story Bro podcast, they had both completed 35s. So for a brief moment of time, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm above Leviathan. And then uh, then I think I completed up to greater of 
47, 49, 50, something like that. And then yesterday, Leviathan was just like, boom, boom, boom. And he completed a greater rift 51. I was like, I, I was like, I, I knew it was only a matter of time before you overtook me. But that was a couple hours ago. And I've now completed a greater rift 55. So I'm back on top. Um, I'm near the top 100 at the at this point. I've probably slipped maybe 10 spots, so I'm probably like in the 130 range. Um, participation is way down this season. I mean, that much is obvious. I mean, it, this is essentially season seven, part two. But um, yeah, participation's really down when a greater of 55 has me, you know, in the top 200. So. Um, you know, not really surprised about that. You know, this is our eighth season in Diablo 3. Um, the game launched in May of 2012. So, you know, we're going on over four years of Diablo 3 now. So, obviously, there's a lot of, um, uh, what what is it, exhaustion? Diablo exhaustion? I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I'm not surprised about that. Especially considering that there was nothing really added other than the cosmetics, we get the Andarial wings, um, which, well, the arms, the talon, they're ugly. I hate them, but that's okay. You know, I don't, we, don't, we all don't have to like everything. That's fine. And I know there are gamer Diablo loot deviants out there that absolutely love it. Like Nineball. I know he loves them. But, um, so, yeah, I did that. I'm currently i think i'm at paragon 462 three something like that yeah and i've completed greater rift 55 i did a 51 with the seeker of the light and i tried switching over to the uh invoker set because i just heard it's so much better and i was like all right well you know it's completely different let's try it out i had a i during my adventures i guess you could call them I've gotten a couple ancient pieces of invoker so i was like all right cool and then i realized oh yeah i don't want crit on my gear <laughs> it's like oh my goodness it's so weird to not gear with with crit and at one point i was almost wondering if i should roll off the damage bonus on my uh on uh, the the axe the hack that i got um for attack or attack speed or something like that <laughs> but i was like no let's let's not be crazy about that i did i have had three rom uh happy meals drop ramaladni's gifts and i decided well you know i have like 20 or 30 of them in non-seasonal at the moment so i decided to use it on the non-ancient hack that i have just so that i could not have to roll off the um vitality off of it so I did that, and I think I did, I think I attempted a 51, and I was like, wait a second, there, I'm missing something for this. And I was like, oh yeah, I need I need bombardment to be a skill that's constantly cast in order for me to get that 50% damage reduction. So I was like, oh, I need a belt to the trove, and I have I've spent thousands, well maybe not thousands, but maybe five. No, definitely no. Actually, maybe about a thousand blood shards on belts. Never had it um, come from Kadala. Eventually got it. Uh, I think from a Greater Rift boss, or maybe I, I don't remember. But I got a belt of the Trove. Ended up rolling Ancients, so that's an added bonus. 
So then, um, like I said, I completed a, I think I did a 51 just to see how it felt at that point. It felt weird, but it was very doable. So then I did a 53 and then I decided, well, you know what, whatever, let's, let's YOLO. So I did a 55. Um, I think I had maybe about five minutes to spare. So it wasn't, you know, not too bad. But I really don't like that play style. It's just, ugh, just n not for me. Just, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> I this is, I will say this about the Seeker of the Light. I wasn't expecting to have so much fun with Seeker of the Light. Um, I thought it was just going to be a stopgap uh, until I, I don't know until I did Invoker or Akans or Rollins or you know something like that. Evidently, like Legacy of Nightmares build is like one of the, one of the better builds for uh, Crusaders. So maybe eventually, when I get better gear, I'll eventually do that. But at this point, I'm I think I'm going all in on Seeker of the Light. Um, I do want to give Akans a chance because I like the flexibility that it allows. Because it's it's kind of like the Immortal Kings set uh, for Barbarians. It, it it just it buffs your you know your accurate's champion and that's pretty much all it does so it opens you up allows you to do you know many different things with it i mean with the immortal kings you could do um well i always ended up doing the ha uh hammer build with the barb but i mean you could do other things with it um you could even do whirlwind with it and for a while that's what i did back when i was playing a barb uh, i think that was in season four season yeah that sounds about right but um yeah I, i'll probably give that a shot um i'm i'm still like in the very like toddler years of the season in terms of i mean i'm only paragon 460 something um i haven't leveled gems very much i think my highest level gem is a level 40 maybe 43 i think and then i was the boyarski's chip so that kind of went to waste but hey I can use it on um, the uh, Call the Sons to Spare recipe down the line and um, work on that. But um, I've done a couple different things with the Secret of the Light set. Um, normally, I don't really go into builds too much because normally I would just I would just prefer. It's speaking from my personal experience, I would rather just go you know Diablo fans and look look up somebody else's build and maybe alter it a little bit, you know, just to fit my playstyle a little bit better. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I, When I did the Secret of Light, I was like, well, you know what, it makes sense to go with Lightning because I really liked, um, I really liked the fact that the, I think it's Thunderstruck Blessed Hammers, um, as they rotate around you, they have a chance of, um, you know, there being a Lightning Beam from, uh, or Lightning Rot, charge essentially you know just a line of damage that will center on your on your crusader all the way out to the hammer and the nice thing is if you have a lot of movement speed and you can move through enemies um you can like you can move forward and it kind of recreates that whole um i'm trying to remember what the monk's skill back when um uh when when we learned about the generator build and using this one very specific um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on it. And hopefully somebody out there will be like, oh, we never use this. And it's like, yeah, I know, I know. Where you would just get the static charge. Um, and you would just get lightning, you know, chaining from enemy to enemy. And it, just, it would just decimate everything really, really quickly. Kind of felt like that. 
Um, but it, oh man, the nice thing I like about the Secret of the Light set is it's very mobile. It's fast. I mean, uh, I I just you you don't need a generator. I mean, you use provoke to get your wrath back, and it's just oh, it's 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 a fun build. I I really really enjoy it, and. There are ways that you can push it into higher, greater rifts, and it's it's super squishy. It I, I will give you that. I'm still hoping I had I've had had one unity drop, so I'm waiting for the second one, and then I can I'll have to I'll end up having to wear it. So um, hopefully hopefully I get a good one to roll <laughs> and drop for me, um, and then I'll be using the uh, the um, crap. I'm, like in on the name the obsid uh the obsidian or the one ring that when it rolls ancient is completely worthless because all it does it doesn't affect any of the like it the obzod ring um obsidian so uh, why can't i remember the name of the ring well anyways you, the one where when you spend your your main um spender or not your main spender, but anytime you spend resources, you you will decrease you one of your cooldowns randomly, which cooldown it affects by one second. So that that allows you to pull your provoke off a cooldown in addition to the built-in uh, one second anytime a blessed hammer hits an enemy. Um, so you, I mean, you can get provoke to be off a cooldown extremely frequently so your resource generation your resource management is usually not too much of an issue i have run into instances where like i just i don't know what i'm doing i'm just kind of like derping and like i'll be in the middle of the pack and i'll realize um all of a sudden that uh i'm not doing anything and i'll look over at my resource now oh i'm out of wrath whoops but um that's where also you pretty much all crusaders have to run with Akarat's champion and uh, usually you run with the prophet rune that way you get that extra um death cheat death proc and so i'm currently i'm running uh i, I did lightning to begin with so i was using like um i was use, i can't remember the name of the rune of the falling sword where uh, every enemy you hit with Falling Sword will reduce its cooldown by one second up to a maximum of 10 seconds. I was doing that just so that um, my Obzod Ring and everything else was pulling Falling Sword off a cooldown much, much faster. That way I could more consistently keep that 50% damage reduction from the Falling Sword proc uh, from the from the, um, four piece of the Secret of the Light set. To keep that running that that way i you know at least don't get gibbed instantly it still happens every now and then when just it's kind of like the wizard you know like whenever i was playing with the wizard it'd be like all of a sudden a random proc just poof it's like oh whoops and it like wakes you up and you're like oh crap but um it's a little more scary with the crusader <laughs> it's a little more scary because uh, sometimes your Akarats will fall off and then you'll proc your Invincible. And then you're like, oh no. And then you're like, oh man, my Akarats, it's still on cooldown for like another 10 seconds. Oh crap, get the heck out of here. But anyways, so I was doing Lightning to begin with. And then I switched over to Fire for a bit. For the, uh, the, and the Fire Falling Sword. 
And, oh man, that has a lot of damage potential. But then um, somebody posted on Diablo fans. Uh, you know what? I should probably pull it up while I'm talking about it. Um, they were talking about uh, running a, like Greater Rift 90 with it, I think. And it was like, wait, what? How in the world? Yeah, Holy Hammerden by, um, at least on Diablo fans. I mean, obviously, this is probably not his quote unquote creation or build, but he's the one who put the guide together, and it's a really solid guide, really solid guide um, by Angry Roleplayer, um, as he's known on Diablo fans. And it's just, I, I was like, you know what? It kind of makes sense because I was running with uh, I was running with the passive blunt for the extra twenty percent plus of hammer damage, but he made a case for running with the uh, holy cause, and that's because one of the biggest problems with sacred light is your squishiness, so you kind of need as much health regen as possible, and holy cause every time you deal damage with holy, um, you will regain one percent of your life. Since you're always spamming, ham spamming hammers, you know, you have a constant, you have a, like a really good constant source. Um, I was, uh, before the show, I was kind of thinking about the math and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm over a million HP with my Crusader. So 1% is, you know, about 10,000. So that, you know, you, you can get more than that on life per hit, but, you know, it doesn't scale as well. You know, maybe eventually I'll have way more than a million and i'll get higher than where one percent um would outperform you know live on hit uh properties so anyways i decided to switch over to that and i'm running with the uh, limitless uh blessed hammer and i kind of really like it i mean there are hammer it's just there's hammers everywhere and just, and the funny part is uh when the limitless the 50 percent um chance on hit to spawn another hammer um it it'll spawn it in like uh i think the hammers go clockwise and then when the limitless procs they'll go counterclockwise so it, there's just there's hammers everywhere absolutely everywhere and since you're always i mean you're hitting a lot of enemies just your health gen's so good so anyways i i'm i'm loving it i'm absolutely loving it and uh, I, I think I'm just I think I'm just gonna stick with it. Um, obviously, running with the endless walk set, the uh, traveler's pledge, and the compass rose, the amulet ring combo. It's like we have that, and then we have focus and restraint. <laughs> and legacy of nightmares is kind of like you know another option. But I really love the fact that with the endless walk, um, although you can't use a hellfire amulet with this with running the endless walk. It gives you the option to use, you know, just another ring of any kind. Um, so I, I love that. And it's it's just so much fun. I just, I absolutely love it. I'm trying to recall the name of the... I'm running with uh, Not the Furnace, as the guide suggests. I'm running with... Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. I can't remember. But it's the shield, Crusader shield, where whenever you block an attack... Um, actually, you know what? No, no, no. That's not what I'm running with. I'm running with the flail, uh, the two-handed flail that makes Akrat's champion, activates the prophet, and uh, the wrath regen one. Can't remember the name of it. As I uh, can't remember. But and then I'm running with uh, the the one that increases your attack speed when you actually activate Akrat's champion. So, anyways, 
it, it's a great build. I love it. I kind of really want to try Akans. I really love Shield Bash, though, so I might try Rollins. But again, Rollins has a squish problem, at least from what I remember, and not much has changed on it. There, it has it has some actual baked-in damage reduction now, but it's a scaling damage reduction. And I kind of don't like that because that means at first you're super squishy, and when you go into a battle super squishy, sometimes you die before you can even stack it. <laughs> So anyways, um, and I'm running with uh, Bane of the Strick and Bane of the Trapped, Gogok of Swiftness as my legendary gems, and um, running with uh, the Bracer that r refunds your Blessed Hammer cost if it hits less than three enemies, and currently in the, um, in the ring slot I'm using the Obsidian, oh here it is, Obsidian Ring of the Zodiac, that's what, yeah, there we go. Um, that's what I'm running in my cube. Eventually, I might switch that out to Convention of Elements, but I don't know. I, I think I'd rather go with Unity. I Or, no, actually, I'll probably stick with the Obzod and wear the uh, Unity, like I said earlier, just so that I can get that extra damage reduction, just so that I can push a little bit higher and feel a little bit safer because it's hardcore. You know, I'm not playing softcore where I can die and not worry about it. But anyways... Wow, that's what I've been up to. So, um, what have you all been up to? I mean, first of all, um, thank you for sticking by the show through all of the changes that has that have occurred. Um, from me stepping away from the show, at the time I thought it was going to be a permanent thing, although I kind of wanted to come back, but again, didn't know. And now with Brazia having to step down because his life has gotten super crazy with work and everything. So, um... I, I really thank you. Thank you so much for sticking by us. And Jen and Vespertilio and everybody else. And I would thank Lantonio if he was ever here, ever doing the show. Oh, <laughs> uh, at least at least I still have a puke doctor that I can, you know, crap on. Right. Still got Lantonio. He'll always be there. He'll always be that thorn in my side. But uh, thank you so much for sticking by our show through all of the turbulent times and the lean times, you know, as we've called it. I'll talk more about that here in a second. But before I do, I did want to mention our our sponsor, which is Audible. You can go to bit.ly slash soulstone2016, that's 2016, to get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. Uh, you can use that credit that you'll get from your trial on any title that they have and they have a lot over 180,000 titles now by the way along with that free trial you will get the uh, access to digital versions of the uh, Wall Street Journal and New York Times and it will also allow you to participate or um, take advantage of any member offers that they that they run and if you do continue your membership past that 30 days You'll receive a credit every month that you continue your membership, and uh, they have a um, good, what, is, what did they call it, great listen guarantee, where if you're not satisfied with your audiobook, you can return it, exchange it for something else, no questions asked, it's just that simple. Although there's probably, you're probably limited to doing that maybe once every calendar year, I don't know. Haven't actually had to use that, so I don't know. <laughs> But you can go to bit.ly slash soulstone2016 to get your free audiobook today. So, 
our community feedback. Wow, it's super lean. Not, I'm like I said, not surprised about this, but we did get some tweets. And uh, from my dear uh, Neil Diamond loving f- friend, Rillin Dune, and you'll, you'll understand, he was standing in Lowe's and Sweet Caroline is, uh, uh, you know what, I should just read the tweet as, as he wrote it. Rillin Dune says, standing in Lowe's and Sweet Caroline is playing and I can't help but mir- miss my dear friends at Epic James and at the Shattered Stone crew. And I, of course, you know, he opened the door, so I had to step through, and I responded with, uh, if only you were sipping on some red, red wine. And he responded, I was sipping red, red kickstart as I was 12 hours into the workday and had at least another two to go. Ouch, that's rough. And, uh, yeah, knowing what he's, first of all, real and doing, real, you're insane with uh, your back issue and doing what you're doing. Oh my goodness, you're crazy. But anyways, um, then he followed up with another tweet after that, and he said, at Stone, oh, I still listen, and I'm a patron. Just miss talking, hanging with you guys. And, oh, we miss you too, real. And I've missed everyone. Oh, man. It, it's, it, I mean, like I said, participation is down this season, but it is great to see familiar faces uh, I saw Professor Funktropus earlier, um, Pony, uh, let's see, who are the other, like, really, like, Vespertilio has been on a couple times, um, Antonio is nowhere to be found, uh, not surprised about that, and Jen, well, she, you know, she runs crazy hours, so I almost never run into her, because both of my kids are in school now, so I'm on a school schedule as well, that means, um, <laughs> oh, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but, um, uh, I get to go to bed at nine o'clock, and I actually like it. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I'm getting old. <laughs> well, anyways, um, so from the last show, Jen threw it out there. Um, the question of the show was, "Have you obtained your tenth stash tab? And if not, how many do you currently have?" Um, well, we got one response, and that was from, and this is, was on Twitter, and that was from Asmodi, Osmodius, and he says that. He, have nine stash tabs and planning on adding number 10 during season eight. Not sure if I'll play season nine. And that was all that we got. But um, there has been a bug, at least so far. I'm not sure if it's how widespread it is, um, where conquests aren't counting for whatever reason towards your seasonal journey. Blizzard Team 3 is aware of it. Uh, Nevelistus did tweet that they are looking into it, that they have their, their QA team on it. And hopefully they'll be able to find a fix or resolve the problem um, soon. Hopefully with a hot fix, that would that would be optimal. But uh, in regards to season nine, well, we'll get there. We'll get there because uh, the question for our next show for episode one twenty nine, since this is we are exactly one week and one day as I'm recording this. By the time you're listening, this, it'll be under a week um, from BlizzCon. There has been quite a lot of fervor out there, especially on the uh, Re- Diablo subreddits <laughs> and on YouTube and just a lot of people are have sky high whoa, as I hit my microphone have sky high expectations of, um, oh my goodness, we're going to get Diablo 4, we're going to get Diablo 2 HD you know, oh my goodness, it's going to be the greatest thing ever because we uh, what was it one of the community managers, it was not Nevelistus, I think it was Grimaku before 
before um, things, before he left um, Blizzard, uh, stated that somebody asked if we would love, uh, as a Diablo fan, if uh, BlizzCon 2016 would hold anything interesting. And he said, although I'm not sure if it was Grimaku, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but one of the community managers at the time said that um, Diablo fans would not be disappointed or we would lose our shit, something like that. So, you know, like BlizzCon 2016 is supposed to be amazing. Let's keep our expectations down, folks, because yeah, it, it got it got out of hand. I mean, we all know that we are kind of like in those twilight years of um, Diablo 3 development. Make no mistake, Diablo 3 is going to be supported for years to come. Diablo 2 still, you know, it's still being supported. Uh, still receiving patches every now and then because they have at least I think only one guy on it <laughs> or at least the most recent patch was developed by one developer who's on the uh, can't remember the name of the team but they are like they handle all of the um, dang it what's the word that I'm thinking of well you know the really really old games like Warcraft 3 and Diablo 2 um, Diablo 1's not really supported uh, but you know the the classic titles. So anyways, a couple years down the line, Diablo 3 is... I Mark my words. We are still going to get patches. Not Definitely not with the same pace that we have had and have seen tail off here, you know, over the past year and a half. But we, we will see, like, a patch 2.6 eventually down the line. You know, I don't know how far out that might be. It might be 6, 8, eight 12 months down the line. But make no mistake Diablo 3 is going to be supported for years to come so do not feel like you've thrown away any of your time and um you know Diablo will always be there it's it's not a pay to play game so you know it's you buy it and you have it forever so we've been reaping the benefits of whatever expansion they decided not to release you know with the Kanai's Cube with uh the Ruins of Shesharon, the um the other area which I can't think of off the top of my head um you know we, we've been reaping those benefits make no mistake those were definitely expansion features that we got for free yes <laughs> there there is no doubt in my mind that those were going to be in whatever second expansion was originally planned um, because usually they have a game plan for the game. Usually, you know, like at, as you get further f further and further out, the details of those um, plans are obviously more and more vague. But, uh, you know, they, they have expectations. I guarantee when Diablo 3 launched, I mean, even... Even Jay Wilson mentioned that there were going to be multiple expansions, at least two. And, um, you know, obviously something happened and they changed focus and that's fine. You know, if anybody out there is like, well, they said they were going to do this. It's like, well, how many times have you said you were going to do something and then something changed, you know? So, you know, be flexible about this and be flexible about your expectations. But all that being said, and this leads into my question for the next show. And I'm kind of like post-dating this question because by the time we record episode 129, it will be after BlizzCon 2016. So it will be our post-BlizzCon roundup. So this question, obviously, it's not going to make super sense if you're listening to this before the show. But after the show, you know, you, you'll understand. The question for next show is, did BlizzCon 2016 satisfy your expectations? 
And this is why I've been going on and on about, you know, keep your expectations in, in, measured. You know, don't expect them to announce Diablo 4. Maybe it'll happen. That would be awesome. But that's okay if they don't, because it's the 20th anniversary of Diablo 1. So we're going to be getting a lot of retrospective. Uh, I mean, we've seen that from the BlizzCon panel schedule. You know, they, they have a retrospective panel. Hopefully it's not just all the same rehashed stuff that they've done. What? They did at GDC. They did it at BlizzCon 2013. They did it at BlizzCon 2014. <laughs> you get me, right? Hopefully it's a little different. Hopefully they'll focus more like on Diablo 1, you know, and Diablo 2. Um, maybe we'll get uh, better supported, you know, higher resolution support for Diablo 2 um, built in. And kind of knowing blizzard i would expect that they if they charge for it, it well i don't know i it really depends on how much work if if there is an hd version which i'm not expecting at all by the way um actually you know what i would rather play a re remastered version of diablo 1 just because it's been so long since i played that game and trying to get it to run on today's operating systems is a feat in it, in of itself um, so, you know, it'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool, especially if they bundled it, you know, like you get Diablo 1, Diablo 2, and Lord of Destruction. Um, maybe they sell it for 20 bucks. I don't know. But what I'm expecting is retrospective. You know, it's going to be great. We're going to find out about patch 2.5. Um, that's more or less been alluded to. So I would expect that we're going to see features that are going to come in patch 2.5. My first... Oh, gosh... If you asked me what I would expect in 2.5, or at least what I would hope to see, I would really love to see a n new sets for all the classes that focus on a completely different, you know, um, skills that nobody uses at, at this moment. Um, th that would be cool. Or at least maybe um, if, like, uh, Monks, Sun Wuku, and Innes kind of open-ended, you can use a lot of different things with it. But I, I would kind of like to see something a little more, just kind of like uh, Mortal Kings, you know, like when, when you're running with, uh, when you're, when you have, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting Wrath of the Berserker running, you know, all of, all of your skills deal, deal more damage. I would love to see something, I mean, it would be homogenizing, but I would love to see kind of like a generic set, you know, that just allows you to use whatever that isn't Legacy of Nightmares related, so that you don't have to worry about getting Ancients. <laughs> to to make it work but um i'm hoping that we'll also get um skill loadouts skill and equipment loadouts oh my goodness that would be something that would um only be that you could only change in town um for obvious reasons but that would be so cool you know especially if then um you know kind of like back in diablo 2 you you could weapon swap and uh you wouldn't have to worry about that weapon taking up your stash space, right? So hopefully we might see that, you know, like multiple loadouts. It could get a little hairy. I mean, World of Warcraft is one example that they, because you can set, um, you can set your, uh, I, I'm calling it loadout. I, I'm, tr I'm trying to remember what it's called in World, World of Warcraft. But uh, everything that you currently have equipped, um, you can save that state and then you could recall it and it'll like set everything back to that right so i'm kind of hopeful that we'll see something like that um 
obviously we're going to get more cosmetics. I mean, because that's an easy thing to provide. Uh, we might see a new zone, maybe, with uh, more of like um, what they added in patch 2.4, I think. Gosh, I can't remember the name of the zone. Um, where the uh, the story is told when as you're playing with the events and like the the books, the lore books that drop and everything like that. I, we could see that. Um, we're, we'll, obviously, we'll see new updated legendaries. Maybe a couple new legendaries, like absolutely completely new. Maybe they'll do another community folk, uh, community created legendary that isn't a sword. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully. And Warglaves, please come on, Blizzard. I mean, we we have the melee demon hunter for now. Please, we need Warglaves. Just, just make it happen so anyways those are my expectations i'm not i'm not expecting diablo 4 um if even if we mm, i I really don't want to i don't want to throw it out there and and say you know if we see it you know maybe we get a teaser but uh, i i really don't want to set anybody up for disappointment so i i would adamantly say that we're not going to see that at least not yet um I mean, if we go off of historical like announcements in terms of Diablo, it's usually they announce new things, like an actual new game in the European market. So um, Gamescom or like a worldwide invitational uh, when they first announced Diablo 3 way, way, way back in the day. And then we waited for years and years and years. What was it? Almost five before Diablo 3 finally came out. So maybe we'll get a teaser. You know, some job postings have been filled, so obviously something's moving forward with Team 3. Uh, I mean, they've kind of downsized, they've reallocated some of their, you know, some of their developers. You know, John Yang's over on the Warcraft team, and um, Wyatt is still thankfully on the Diablo team. So, you know, it's it's not like they've abandoned ship on Diablo. So we're still going to see support. So expect 2.5. Maybe they'll talk about future features or future things that they want to add to the game. Um, but that's about it. I mean, go in with low expectations. That way you you won't come out disappointed. And enjoy everything else. I mean, I absolutely love Heroes of the Storm. My daughter loves Overwatch. Um, World of Warcraft Legion has been amazing from what everybody's telling me. Um I think that ship has sailed for me in terms of MMOs. I think I'm just, I'm not that kind of gamer anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably jump back in at some point. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, oh my goodness. And then, of course, StarCraft and all the esports that are going on. And I'm not going to mention the H word because I hate that game with a passion until, until the developers decide that, hey, you know what? We could... We could make this game a little more approachable by making the quest doable for those of us who have crippled cards, you know, and and not have to constantly lose and lose and lose and lose and not make any progress towards your your um, daily quest. But anyways, I'm really happy with the heroes team, the way that they went with it, allowing you to um, complete your dailies in pretty much any mode except for training. So good on the heroes team and oh my goodness i would love to see mephisto and oh there's so many diablo yes yes it's gonna be great 
Um, hopefully, we'll see Imperius soon in Heroes of the Storm. But, uh, oh my goodness. There, there's a lot to get out of um, BlizzCon, even if you're only a Diablo fan. You know, just, just enjoy it. Um, I ended up winning on a Twitter contest. I won the virtual ticket, so I will be watching BlizzCon. Um, in case you don't have the virtual ticket or you're not interested because none of the in-game bonuses, you know, like uh, you get a mount in Heroes, you get a pet in Diablo, um, you get a Murloc pet, I think, in Warcraft, I can't remember, and always StarCraft gets so screwed. <laughs> They always get screwed with in-game bon uh, goodies, and uh, I think here, um, yeah, Heroes Overwatch, you get a spray? I don't remember. But anyways, like I said, if none of that stuff interests you, you can still at least watch the opening ceremony, and uh, as with years past, you know, every panel ends up on YouTube anyways. Um, but, you know, I love BlizzCon, so I... I I vote with my money. You know, I keep, I want to keep seeing BlizzCons. And I know that Blizzard loves doing BlizzCon because it, it revitalizes, you know, their their love of what they're doing. So, anyways, man, I'm digressing a lot. And I really thought that with as little overall that I had to bring back to the show that this would be a really short show. But, you know, surprise, surprise, I can talk. Um, so, we did get an email from age and before i dive into that i did want to remind everyone that we are still running the patreon um as you know real and dune's still a patron of the show so um you can help support the show uh if you go to um patreon.com soulstone you can make a monthly pledge of any amount that that you want um and it just it it helps us defray some of the costs of hosting you know editing you know, um, we, we've had Sean on to talk about what he does and, you know, typically what audio engineers get paid for doing audio editing and everything, you know. So it, it just helps defray some of the costs of of putting the show out to you guys. And um, as somebody has a leaf blower, hopefully it's not coming through on my microphone. But uh, please, if you feel so obliged, go to patreon.com slash soulstone and become a patron today. Any and all support is greatly appreciated. Thank you. So we did get an email from Age, but I need to take some water because my mouth is about to turn into the Sahara. Okay. So Age says, Hey guys, firstly, I just wanted to say while I was a more recent follower of your shows, I've gone back and listened to your shows from, oh my goodness, from show one. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. Wow. So he's probably, yeah. And while the news was out of date, your format is entertaining to listen to regardless. Oh, that's, thanks. And uh, he continues, oh, and I currently have nine stash tabs. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I still don't have enough room. Ah, oh, I feel that. Conquest can be a challenge. You just need to pick the ones uh, you find fun or think you can be good at and target those things. Usually... I, um, usually there's at least two conquests that are fairly obtainable, even for a casual player, um, quote unquote casual player. You know, obviously if you're going that far, you're not really a casual player. <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's be honest. If you're going after the stash tab, you are not a quote unquote casual 
you you know you you might be i i hate this phrase but i mean it's kind of true like the try hard quote unquote try hard gamer you know anyways Let's get back to Age's email. And he says, Oh, Ingen, the embodiment of the Marauder set dungeon is way easier than the, uh, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking, uh, the UE set. Um, I'm blanking on what that actually stands for. I just played a Demon Hunter not too long ago. Well, anyways, um, Unhollowed Essence. There we go. I knew it was, I knew it would come to me. Uh, way easier than the Unhollowed Essence one you were struggling with. Uh, the martyr was alright when I did that. I actually, I never had problems with the unhollowed essence. Maybe I just got lucky with the spider spawns. Um, and it was obviously after they fixed it so that uh, if you hit a mob of monsters and you didn't didn't have enough, you know, I think it's you have to hit like, what, 20 in one shot? In one um, a multi-shot? Uh, they, they would still be valid targets. Like, if you could round up, you know, a couple feathers and then hit them all again if you didn't kill them that is <laughs> that's the hard part because they're the tiny little spiders they die really really quickly uh but yeah i never really had a problem with that one um but uh yeah this is gonna make me go on another tangent but anyways um age continues i'm not a fan of set dungeons but there will always be an easy one for each class the witch, the, oh, the puke doctor one is the spirit or the Arachir, the spider queen one. Thankfully, you have to master, thankfully, you only have to master one set dungeon each time in regards to getting that stash tub. Anyways, I think I have rambled on enough. Keep up the great work, guys. Age. Well, thanks, Age. And uh, I think I forgot to mention this back when I was on my gaming tangent, but um, I one shot mastered the uh secret of the light set dungeon yeah oh my it made me realize how much more i hate set dungeons because some of them are so ridiculously easy that if you're playing a class for example i i've always struggled with monks but um say uh back when they introduced the revamped shadow mantle and that was you know that that was what you got from the uh, hedrick's gift that set dungeon oh my goodness so much rage from that set dungeon but you know then the wizard ones oh i hate those too but then secret of light one shot mastered it it was so easy it was ridiculously easy i had over two minutes to spare with killing all the enemies. Oh my goodness, it just made me realize how much more I hate set dungeons when certain classes have a certain set that is just so ridiculously easy that it trivializes that. And it makes me realize they should not be a part of the journey. I, I mean, I understand that the journey is set up to have challenges to make you do things, you know, in particular ways or, you know, to progress, but set dungeons have no progression. Mm. And you don't even... Oh, gosh. I, I'm I'm on the verge of ranting again. But you do not play a set the way that you have to do so in a set dungeon. It's just... I, I mean, I get it. It's a gimmick. You know, it's a gimmick. And I get it. But nobody... Like, for example, uh, you have to run with really odd loadouts for certain set dungeons. It's just... You don't play that way. 
Anyways. But then again, if you were to play this at Dungeons exactly like you would do Greater Rifts, you know, what what's the point, right? So just remove them as a requirement from the seasonal journey. Please. They're, they're just a road. They're just a road bump that really, really sucks. Like, a lot. Because certain classes just have it way worse off than others. Anyways. So... Uh, we're, we're almost... We're in the final stretch, I think, folks. So, um, you can send your emails to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com and we will respond to them, obviously. And we love hearing from you guys. So, please send us some emails. Uh, I imagine, you know, after BlizzCon, there will be a lot of excitement. So, we'll probably see, you know, an influx in listener participation in the show. Um, but, uh, speaking of BlizzCon, there's a lot of blue notes um, for this um, first, we can we, we can talk about you know the schedule. Um, there's, I think, only two panels that are being televised on on uh, on the Directv. Um, you know, the BlizzCon virtual ticket. Uh, one is the future. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Now I'm just gonna have to pull it up. I'm doing it live, folks. Um, oh no, not not. Why, why, oh, this is, this is not, yeah, this is this week. Okay, here we go. So, yeah, um, yeah, we have the Diablo 20th anniversary on Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight. Um, It's only 45 minutes, so definitely do not expect, um, there's only a half an hour gap between the opening ceremony and the next panels. So, obviously, if they were going to announce something big, like Diablo 4, they would um, they would leave a gap. There isn't one, so that's not happening. It doesn't rule out the possibility of, you know, a remastered version of Diablo 1 or Diablo 2, so they, they could announce it in the opening ceremony, you know, kind of like in passing, maybe show some footage or whatever, and then go a little bit more into it and, and talk about, you know, inspirations behind the game. Um, in this 45-minute panel. It's only 45 minutes, so, you know, don't expect too much out of it. Um, There are lightning talks, but they're only there on the show floor um, in the community amphitheater, which is on the third floor. A lot of people um, on Reddit and other social media was like, oh my goodness, there's nothing on the second floor. Maybe there's something going to be announced. No, folks, the second floor is the press floor. That's where all the conference rooms are set up. Um, where the press gets to go and eat. Um, I got to enjoy that when I went in 2013. Um, you know, and uh, then they also have press, they have a demo area specifically for the press as well. So that's the second floor. The third floor is where I think they did um, the, like back before the Warcraft movie came out, that's where they had the screenings and stuff like that. So yeah, the lightning talks will be up there. Um, no slaughtered calf in or whatever we used to call it. Then on Saturday, um, we have a couple panels. Oh, uh, we have an art and design again on the third floor at the creative collective stage and lightning talks again in the amphitheater. And then we have a dev talk and Q and a, and this is an hour panel and this is on the panel stage on Saturday from, uh, from four to 5 PM. So Oh, if they do the Q&A, hopefully they um, curate some of the questions so that we don't get 
you know, some of the janky questions that we always get at every single Q&A ever for BlizzCon, but that, you know, whatever. So that's great. So yeah, there's only going to be two panels that are going to be televised with the virtual ticket and everything else, you know, you'll have to be there on the show floor. Wyatt has already mentioned that after Weird Al, by the way, you know, Weird Al is going to be closing out the show as the concert. And um, after that, because obviously he's going to be going to it, um, he will then be going to, uh, I forget where he said, I think the Community Amphitheater is where he said on Twitter um, for the story time with Wyatt. You know, what is this, the third year running that he'll be doing it? Wyatt's an awesome guy. If you ever get to go and meet um, some of the Diablo team, oh my, they are, they're, they're great. They're great. I'll just say that much. So anyways, there's that. Um, and Nevelis has posted that they're, um, the 20th anniversary panel, which is on Monday, uh, Monday, Friday, sorry, brain fart, um, lead designer Kevin, wow, Kevin Martins has been pushed up to lead designer, uh, Wyatt Chang will be there, um, Julian Love as the lead visual effects artist, so, ooh, you know what, that makes me realize that maybe we'll see some new monsters, maybe a new area, and art director John Mueller, which I believe he was the newest hire, so, um, but it will be a retrospective on the Diablo's 20-year legacy, and first look into upcoming content, again, keep your expectations down low <laughs> in terms of what we'll, what we can expect, you know, I, I would love to see that loadout, save loadout feature. Uh, and then, yeah, so yeah, the all of the lightning talks will be held at the Darkmoon Fair up on the third floor. So yeah, they they don't have the slaughtered calf in as uh, as they did last year. Um, we got uh, also announced that I think it's what Thursday? No, 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 Friday, November fourth, from eight to ten p.m. in the Grand Plaza outside the Anaheim Convention Center. It's the large walkway um in between what is it the hilton or the hyatt i I forget which one is which maybe it's both of them um there's that walkway leading up to the to the convention center and outside is and i believe they did this last year where they had like some anniversary brew or something for world of warcraft because it was the 10-year anniversary of world of warcraft anyways um it's open to everyone. You don't have to have a ticket to BlizzCon. So if you live in Southern California or if, you, if you're willing to make the drive, I mean, obviously, you're, I mean, we're not talking like from Boston, Massachusetts or anything like that. But if you're planning on going out to Anaheim um, to, you know, even if you don't have a ticket to BlizzCon, you know, just for all of the post stuff, you know, like on Thursday night is the... Um, uh, con before the storm which has been awesome um my buddy Rillandoon and um seraphis and i i i i'm gonna forget the list of names but anyways you can go to conbeforethestorm.com and check out all that that's gonna be awesome by the way i mean they the fir- when we went in 2013 was the first year that they did that and oh my goodness it was it was really cool so but uh, yeah, it's going to be open to everybody. There's going to be food trucks, so there's going to be awesome food. It'll be you know really pricey, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, special anniversary themed drinks, which are awesome, and quote unquote, and even a surprise or two. Yay! Again, don't 
don't get too don't get too excited and Songhammer is going to be performing there so you can go to that that would be cool and you don't even have to pay anything to get there or to get in there expect it to be very crowded though if you do go um, parking is an issue around that area so just I, I mean because you got Disneyland <laughs> right there so parking's always an issue but uh, then just I think it was today they posted a new developer chronicles for greater rifts and I would go into it, but there was really not too much in that. <laughs> into that, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of insight. It was just basically like, you know, we want each each riff to be different, to feel unique, and you know, and to be challenging or offer unique challenges. And it, yeah, you know, there, there's not much fishing. Is oh, once you start pushing into those higher graded riffs, you're always looking for high density. Um, non-threat, like not not too threatening mobs. You know, like you never ever ever want to see oppressors plus succubi, or um, what's the other one? The one that always um, um, uh, I'm trying to trying to think of the word that like reduces your armor, um, debuffs you. There we go. That was the word that I was looking for. My goodness, I haven't done a podcast in a long time, but I'm talking like I have always. Anyways, like I said, you know. Not a whole lot of insight, but yeah, it's okay, you know. It, we're, you know, four years into Diablo, so that's great. Well, Diablo, Diablo three, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, I don't really have a whole lot of. I mean, I already talked about you know tangential stuff in terms of other media, so I'm I'm not gonna belabor you guys with uh, any more of non-Diablo talk. And um, I feel like my throat is getting a little raw, so I better close out this show before I completely do a whole lot of damage to my throat after not talking for this long for so long. Um, anyways, you have been listening to episode 128 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. If you missed an episode, you can go to the show blog and listen to the show archives over at ShatteredSoulstone.com. If you want to join us in-game, join our in-game community, aptly named Shattered Soulstone, and then please feel free to post up short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener, so please send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulSling.com. We love Twitter, at least before it dies, I guess. <laughs> Come join and tweet with us. You can find the show's Twitter at ShatteredStone. I'm at Nevik James. Antonio is at Lantonio. Jen is at Queen of Haiku. And uh, I Jen stumbled over Vespertilio's, and I don't know what his Twitter is, so I'm sorry. But um, we would like to thank a huge... Er, <laughs> We would like to, th- <laughs> my goodness. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone. I know it's lean, but Diablo's always Diablo. You know, gotta keep looting, gotta keep killing. It's a, it's just, you know, Diablo is love, Diablo is life. And I really miss Brazier because right now he would go fresh meat.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of Dawn Forge Productions, copyright 2016. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.